today on City Cash Chicago, carjackings are all over the news, especially since they've been happening all over the city. Last year set a new record of carjackings. It averaged out to about four a day. At tonight at five o'clock, more Chicago drivers being terrorized by out of control carjackings. Car in alley when two young men approached either side of the car with guns. Then about. We're looking at video from another carjacking from yesterday morning near the Willis Tower, and it's this type of scene that is all too common. What's lost in that coverage is what's happening with the people doing the carjackings. More than half of those arrested were under the age of 18. These young people really need to be redirected often and to be supported and to be uh, to essentially talk through what happened and what they were involved in and, and how it, they need to process all this. Uh, that's not happening. We talk about what is happening with these kids. It's Monday, July 12th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. About 10 years ago, I was sitting in the passenger seat of my mom's car with my younger brother. Uh, We was at my older brother Josh's house in Inglewood. We was waiting for him to come out of his apartment. And the next thing I know, I look over out the front door window, and my brother is on the ground, and a man is standing over him with a gun. And my instincts kind of kicked in, and I immediately jump out of the car. I run around towards my brother And that's when I notice really the gun and I can hear the man like attempt to fire it a couple of times and the gun not go off. And I sort of scream for my brother to get up and to run towards me. And as he does, the man sort of points the gun at me and he tries to fire it and it doesn't go off. And I like duck out of the way and he pulls it again and it does. When the gun went off, luckily it didn't hit any of us, but it did leave a clear bullet hole in the side of my mom's car. And he's like screaming for us to give him our phones and our wallets. And then he asked for the car keys. And I know, I know, you know, give up the car keys. But it was my mom's car. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was about as afraid of my mom as I was of this young man who had to be maybe 15 or 16 years old. And after a little bit of negotiation back and forth, he took our phones, he took our money. uh, He got impatient and he ran off and he left us. Uh, with the keys. And I think about that a lot, actually. Like a lot. And not just like how lucky my brothers and I are, but I often think about that young man, like whatever happened to him. There were 1,430 carjackings last year, the highest in at least five years. To put that in context, there were about 600 in 2019. And the people doing it are young, some as young as 13. Sidney King and David Jackson are investigative reporters at the Better Government Association. They found that kids are getting stuck in the system and sent home with an ankle monitor waiting for a court date that during the pandemic could be many months away. 
even though there's evidence mentorship and therapeutic programs could help these kids, they're not participating in those programs. Sydney, David, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Hi, Jacoby. Thanks for having us. Good to be here, Jacoby. Do we know what's driving carjackings in the city? In terms of these kids that we've talked to, the pandemic was a great influence. Just being idle, having extra time on your hands and, you know, the intensity of the lure of, you know, criminal activity that existed before. But now, you know, having that extra time is was definitely a contributing factor. David, let's focus in on this particular crime, vehicular hijacking. I don't want you to speak for anybody, but do you imagine why this crime in particular going up throughout the pandemic? It's really baffled um, criminologists. We've, we heard speculation, for example, that other crimes like burglaries were down, house burglaries were down because people were in their homes during the pandemic. But those explanations are speculative. And actually why we did our journalism, Jacoby, in, in large part was because we felt that missing from the coverage that's been there in the past, some of it very, very good, is the perspective of the young people who've gotten involved in these uh, incidents and their families. And one of those voices was Tamara Felton, a mom of 11 kids on the South Side of Chicago. I know you all were able to talk to her. Were you able to get a sense from Tamara and her children, like maybe why young people are, are engaged in carjacking? In 2019, she moved her family from Auburn Gresham to Inglewood to a bigger house. And she was hoping that, you know, she has 11 kids. She has six sons. She's dealt with um, the justice system and, you know, her son's getting into trouble with the law before. And so she was hoping that that wouldn't be the case with her younger children. Her daughter is uh, at the time she was arrested, she was 15. She's now 16 years old. Time and time again, she just said over and over, she's just been hanging out with the wrong people. Tamara said that she and her daughter and four other friends were hanging out downtown. And one of the kids just said, hey, let's rob someone. Um, you know, her life was changed after that. What we saw this last year is unprecedented. And the areas in which many of these people are being arrested are also resource deprived, have, have taken an even harder hit when it comes to social programs in the community, school closures in some of these communities over the last decade or so. But I wanted to stay with Tamara for a second in that conversation with you, because at least as a reader, she sounded very, she's been through this before, but she sounded without hope as if she just, there are no programs, there is nothing for these young people. Is that the sense that you're getting from family, Sydney? I think that in Tamara's situation, she's just become, like you said, very used to dealing with these things on her own and kind of like this is the status quo and just kind of pushing forward, you know, after these incidents happen. Um, I think some families are more hopeful than others. I've, you know, heard stories from moms saying that they badgered court officials for weeks and they were just determined to you know, get their child um, in some sort of programming. Across the board, they're all pretty frustrated that they're not getting the resources that they're hoping for. One of the things that really kind of hit home when I was reading the article was the feeling that kids are doing this for entertainment, is it doesn't sound like with the rise in carjackings that these kids are just murdering the people who they're taking these cars from, even though a lot of them are being taken at gunpoint. In these situations, how many of them turn violent? That's a really, really great point. Jacoby, I just really want to say that that's at the heart of, of 
America's experiment with juvenile court, which started here in Chicago in the 19th century, the idea that that these young people can be very impulsive and risk-taking and uh, reckless, and that they're also, at the same time, extremely salvageable. They're not out just to hurt people. They're out to do things that their peers are doing or do things that have an enormous consequence in that moment that they hadn't anticipated. These young people really need to be redirected often and to be supported and to be uh, uh, to essentially talk through what happened and what they were involved in and, and how it, they need to process all this. And uh, that's not happening. Instead, uh, there's really almost this kind of free fall in many of their lives at the point where we're most able to intervene. Let's take a step back. What do these programs look like? Because I hear this so much in Chicago, right? We need more community programs. We need more after school programs. What type of programs are advocates looking for? For these young people, Jacoby, advocates are looking for a model that's very intensive and almost therapeutic that offers guidance to young people. There's a couple of, there's numerous examples in Chicago with very, it's not that these programs are turning away young people. They're not. But the court's aren't sending the young people to these programs. These are programs that provide a mentor, that really provide a lot of structure that get a young person back on track. What's preventing us from getting the services we need for these young people and in these communities? Well, we've got a complex system with a lot of adult actors who are not uh, working in concert to, to do the right thing by these young people. This involves the top levels of county government, it involves city hall, and it involves the many actors in the juvenile court system, from the judges to probation to the state's attorney to the public defenders, who are, instead of working together assiduously to find programs that will uh, both hold young people accountable and also uh, restore their lives, often we see very publicly bickering about ideological issues and uh, political issues instead of looking at the situation from the uh, perspective and from the eyes of the young people and their families. I have been on uh, the opposite side of the gun in an attempted carjacking in my life. And it was one of the uh, honestly most terrifying, most traumatizing moments of my life because throughout it, I felt that this, this being my life could end at any moment. Uh, all for a car. I know you all have also talked to people who have been carjacked. You know, how are they feeling about the way the city is handling it, but also how are they processing this very traumatic thing that happened in their life? People that we talked to who had been the victims, their lives were changed too in uh, really dramatic ways. And, and, uh, and many were left uh, sort of emotionally hobbled, more frightened than ever, less willing to go outside, less willing to drive, less, less willing to connect with other people because of what had happened to them. But Jacoby, one of the things that we heard m more than once as we reached out to victims, and it was really something to hear, was victims saying, yeah, and I've been paying attention to what's going on in court with my case, you know, with the young person involved in uh, charged with the crime, and nothing's going on, and that really bothers me. One woman who, who talked to us, a uh, uh, grandmother, really humble, serious woman, 
told us that the young person who who took her car with a uh, gun, she said, you know, nothing's happening to him, and he ought to be thinking about where, how he's going to finish high school and where he's going to go to college. And somebody needs to step up and take, give that young person some guidance. This is from a victim, uh, his victim. That's very dramatic to me. Is there a program that you've interacted with or, or seen in particular that you thought this type of model is really effective? And what does that program look like? I think that the uh, Sky program, which is uh, sponsored by Lurie Hospital, um, is a program that does have a record of, of they've handled about 400 kids who've been diverted uh, by the courts from low-level prosecutions to th- this program. And they have very uh, solid results with those kids in terms of recidivism. And And I just do really want to say also that I'm a deep believer in, and, and I grew up, I was born at, at Chicago Lion Inn Hospital, and I grew up in this city going to the Y and stuff like that. And I'm a deep believer in the power of uh, programs that aren't necessarily therapeutic, but just are good for kids. And uh, everything from music to sports uh, to after school programs and things like that are really positive. We need more places where kids can go, uh, especially in neighborhoods that are really challenged by crime. Sydney King and David Jackson are reporters at the Better Government Association. Uh, I appreciate you for joining CityCast Chicago today. Thank you so much for having us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Some good news to get you through. One of my favorite Chicago authors is releasing her new book this week. And y'all, the entire family can enjoy it. Eve Ewing's Maya and the Robot is about an introverted fifth grader who turns a forgotten homemade robot into a much needed friend and science fair project. Eve's book tour kicks off in the city this week. Remember, for more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. And while you're there, head over to the audience survey and tell us what you like, what you don't like about the podcast. And hey, you might even get $100. It's a Visa gift card, but it's still $100. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.